Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 50, verses 1 through 6. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and does not keep silence. Before her is a devouring fire and a mighty tempest all around her. She calls to the heavens above and to the earth that she may judge her people. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. 1 Kings chapter 14, verses 1-18 through 18. At that time, Abijah, son of Jeroboam, fell sick. Jeroboam said to his wife, Go disguise yourself, so that it will not be known that you are the, life, the wife of Jeroboam, and go to Shiloh. For the prophet Ahijah is there, who said of me that I should be made king over this people. Take with you ten loaves, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what shall happen to the child. Jeroboam's wife did so, and she set out and went to Shiloh, and came to the house of Ahijah. Now Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. But the Lord said to Ahijah, The wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus you shall say to her. When she came, she, she pretended to be another woman. But when Ahijah heard the sound of her feet, as she came in the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another? For I am charged with heavy tidings for you. Go, tell Jeroboam, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because I exalted you from among the people, made you leader over my people Israel, and tore the kingdom away from the house of David to give it to you, Yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandments and followed me with all his heart, doing only that which was right in my sight. But you have done evil above all all those who were before you and who have gone and made for yourself other gods and cast images and provoked me to anger and have thrust me behind your back. Therefore, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam. I will cut off from Jeroboam every male, both bond and free in Israel, and will consume the house of Jeroboam, just as one burns up dung until it's gone. Anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dogs shall eat. And anyone who dies in the open country, the birds of the air shall eat. For the Lord has spoken. Therefore, sit out, go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the child shall die. All Israel shall mourn for him and bury him, but he alone of Jeroboam's family shall come to the grave. Because in him there is found something pleasing to the Lord the God of Israel, and the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam today, even right now. The Lord will strike Israel as a reed is shaken in the water. He will root up Israel out of his good land that he gave to their ancestors and scatter them beyond the Euphrates, because they have made their sacred poles, provoking the Lord to anger. He will give up Israel because of the sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned and which he caused Israel to, to commit. Then Jeroboam's wife got up and went away, and she went to Terzah. 
As she came to the threshold of the house, the child died. All Israel buried him and mourned for him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant, the prophet Ahijah. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12-20 through 20. I'm grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace, the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who had come to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, to be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm giving you the instructions, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies made earlier about you, so that by following them you may fight the good fight, having faith and a good conscience. By rejecting, by rejecting conscience, certain persons have suffered shipwreck in the faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have turned over to Satan, so that they may learn not to blaspheme. Good morning and welcome to February 12th. It is the feast day of Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. Brother Lawrence is or was a, a Frenchman um, and he uh, was born actually in the Lorraine, the, the same uh, kind of region as Martin of Tours. Um, but he was born poor. And when Brother Lawrence who was born, Nicholas Herman, um, when he was um old enough to enlist in the army, he did so to get out of poverty. Um, the military of the time, which is pretty common all the way back into the Roman army, um, the military provided stability, it provided a salary, it provided um, structure, and uh, he just happened to have been born at a time when um, there was a, the Thirty Years' War uh, would would begin or was ongoing it started when he was young um but he uh, he would have um grown up knowing of the 30 years war and when he enlisted in the military um the french military he would have known that he was going into you know some kind of battle or or eventually you know join the fight um and in fact <clears throat> In 1635, he fought against the Swedes um, and uh, uh, other forces not far from where he grew up. He was taken prisoner, and the soldiers um, that took him prisoner thought he was a spy, and he denied um, he denied that was true. And even though they threatened to kill him, he showed enough courage that his captors were impressed, and um, they... <coughs> They um, decided to uh, spare him, but um, he eventually was released, and he returned to the fight, and he suffered um, some kind of uh, of injury, um, I think, to his legs. He was known to have walked with a pretty significant limp 
Um, so that, I, I think he probably was hitting the leg somewhere, um, not unlike Ignatius of Loyola. Um, but he didn't have the the money to you know have the same medical treatment as as other soldiers. Um, he was you know basically the the bottom of the heap. He was just a, a lowly grunt. Um, and while he was well, there's some debate, but Brother Lawrence eventually gets out of the military, um, and he never spoke um, much about his experience. We, um, if you've ever heard of the the book, uh, The Practice of the Presence of God, those are the combined letters and correspondences of Brother Lawrence. And he was really popular. People would come from all over to be counseled by him as a spiritual director. Um, <clears throat> and um, they would do that, or what he... He wasn't some high and lofty, you know, abbot or uh, bishop or anything. He was just a lowly brother in a in a monastery, you know, somewhere. Um, I think it was the Cistercians that he joined, but I'm not. No, discalced Carmelites. Sorry, um, he's never ordained. Um, he just joined the monastery and lived there the rest of his life. Um, he served as a, a it's called a footman. Um, but it's basically uh, a cobbler, a shoe cobbler for the for the monastery. Um, <clears throat> and he uh, also uh, served in the kitchen of the monastery for 15, 20 years. Um, and he was happy there. And somewhere in there, he gained this reputation for being this wise counselor. And so when these letters that they preserved... Um, were mostly written while he was serving in the kitchen or as a, a cobbler at the Carmelite monastery. Um, and these letters, um, some of them depict his um, depict his life, and it describes this vision he had. Um, I believe it was during battle. Um, I think it was during battle, yeah. Um, he describes this vision of a, of a tree, uh, it's not clear if it's a vision or if it's an experience that he had because it was very believable. But um, as the story goes, he was on the battlefield and he sees this barren tree with no leaves because it's winter. It's also in the middle of a heated battle. And he looked at this tree and he realized that when the spring came, it would grow new leaves and it would, you know, return to its full glory. Um, just all it had to do was wait long enough for the seasons to change and the weather to warm. And he saw this as a symbol of God's ability to transform not just um, trees and, and other plants, but even the human heart. Um, and it was shortly after that that he eventually got out of the military and, and led this life. And the the vision or the the memory of the tree stuck with him the rest of his life, and he he spoke briefly about it in his letters, which again is now uh, called the practice of the of the presence of God. Um, it's not exactly a self help book, but it's inspirational literature. Um, you know, people write to him and ask for advice, and he would give it. Um, and you can actually go and see a stained glass window in the. National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. Um, the window is called uh, The Wings of Courage. Uh, if you're 
if you just enter and you're looking at the altar, it's going to be on the left-hand side about halfway down. And the window was paid for, dedicated, and all that stuff by General uh, Thomas Dresser White, who was Air Force Chief of Staff from 1957 to 61, so during the Cold War. And um, the wings are these wings of fire on either side of the tree um, from Nicholas or, or Brother Lawrence's vision. And the wings of courage um, are a symbol for all the pilots who fly aircraft in war. Um, uh, but the um, at the center image is this thin tree with fruit and leaves as kind of a reminder that um, the fr- the tree of Lawrence's vision, sure enough, um, bore leaves and fruit. Um, and I imagine that that. Uh, Brother Lawrence was an inspiration to General White, um, and the the wings of of on either side of the the window, and as well, I think on the top there's this image of of fire. The wings are you know, of fire, and the fire evokes the burning bush of Mount Sinai um, that you know burned and burned but was not consumed, and that's this kind of really awesome parallel between the, you know, just regular normal trees and bushes and shrubs. They may not, um, they may not burn everlastingly, but, uh, they aren't consumed. Um, you know, they, they, their leaves and fruit are restored, um, every year. Um, just like the sun rises in the morning, we know, and we can have faith in God, um, that, the things that God has set in motion will will occur; that these things will take place. Um, <clears throat> the um, the book, uh, the Practice of the Presence of God, was published after his death by the brothers at the monastery, and it, I don't think it's ever gone out of print. It's been um, it's been popular for you know the, from the moment that it hit the shelves. Um, it was and remains popular with Roman Catholics. Um, but also um, Protestants like John Wesley um, and and others uh, who saw it uh, for the inspiration, uh, the spiritual inspiration that it was. Um, and one of the things that's most noted is his humility. Um, he never sought out high rank or status. He never got ordained. He was happy being a cobbler and a, and a chef in uh, you know a tucked away monastery somewhere in in Europe, um, and he was happy with that. And it comes out in his letters as he provides counsel and guidance to strangers who he's never met, uh, who have heard of his uh, reputation for being a wise um, sage of the faith. Um, And uh, certainly his most formative experiences were in the military, not just because he limped and had uh, an injury the rest of his life, um, but also because they, you know, battlefield experiences are humbling, um, and it's something that he took with him the rest of his life. Um, he died uh, on February 12th in, the, um, uh, in Paris in 1691, um, and so he was uh, 30 years wars in the 1600s. So we celebrate his feast the day that he uh, died or was deposited into the earth, um, and he returned to God our Maker uh, on February 12th so many years ago. A prayer for guidance from the Book of Common Prayer. 
O God, by whom the meek are guided in judgment and light rises up in darkness for the godly, grant us, in all our doubts and uncertainties, the grace to ask what you would have us do, that the spirit of wisdom may save us from all false choices, and that in your light we may see light, and in your straight path may not stumble. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.